Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. I'm so tired. We got this. We got it. We're doing a two, two a day. I feel like I'm Friday Night Lights, baby. You know what? We're going to have some wine at some point. Ooh, and mama like. I think that this is what we should commit to. Wine. A good episode mixed with some bad mm. drunk parts. Mm. Mm. Do you want to mm. commit to that with me? I'm so game for that. You did nothing today. Traveling Ugh. is weird. It takes a Ugh. lot of energy. It's not totally clear why because you're not really doing things. You and then you're like, nothing. why am I fucking beat? Like, I feel like I ran a marathon and I sat. I I think that's why. But traveling, it also just feel like the emotional labor of going somewhere. And, and yeah, it's a lot. And like the food, I got a breakfast sandwich at LAX and it was $9. Not and good. they didn't even include the garlic aioli. And I just God didn't go back and complain because I was like, I'm not. I'm done. D O N E. The only thing that makes a $9 breakfast sandwich a $9 breakfast sandwich is an aioli. It's the elevated mayonnaise of our times. I mean, it's just mayo. No, don't ever say that. <laughs> okay, ask anyone who works in a fast food restaurant who sells, and I'm using air quotes here, Doritos. I you love hate mayo? aioli. Wait. I'm an aioli person. Girl, you just, that means you're like a name brand. You're like, I don't like leather, but I love Louis Vuitton. That's what you just said to me. False. <laughs> what I just said to you is I have discerning taste. No, mayo, aioli, talk to any restaurant that's not homemaking Aioli, which I love aioli because there's too many vowels in it. I love an excessive use of vowels. Just a list of vowels, really. I love an excessive use of vowels. I would like to buy another vowel. Another one. all that's made of. Somebody went bankrupt buying those vowels. Move over, Pat Sajak. What's his name? (laughs) Pat Sajak. Pat Sajak. When I was young, I really wanted to be Vanna White. And I think that's the problem with our society is I didn't see myself as a Pat Sajak. I saw myself as a Vanna White. you're so clearly a Pat Sajak. I'm clearly a Pat Sajak. Whenever I'm describing you to somebody, I'm like, you know my friend (laughs) Carrie. Kind of got that Pat Sajak thing going on. You know what? That's a good dibs. That's a good Halloween costume. For Koa. (laughs) Put him in a gown. (laughs) Give him some sort of glitter on one side, letter on the other situation. That's good. I'm sorry. That is very good. Um, also, took Koa to the library this week. I feel like every it, you take Koa to the library every week, and we I have love to. it. And he I has, love he's it. He's an avid reader at the age of two. <laughs> Hashtag so blessed. He, well, that you know who did claim they were a reader at two was the guy who, who invented Nexium. Remember we did that episode. Oh my god, <laughs> I forgot. I should be so lucky. Come on, Koa, start a cult. Make mama proud. Um, So, should we dive right in? I mean, why not? I have a long story for you. (gasps) This story is one I had never heard. It's from, uh, well, the information I got is from the History Channel. It's from Wikipedia. It's from HuffPo. Um, So I'll just, you know what, I'm going to tell you a little story. Ugh, can't wait. Get ready. I'm worried I'm going to fall asleep because it's going to be... Oh, wait. You won't. We haven't even introduced the podcast yet. Oh. By the way, oh, my name is Carrie Ipema. Well, if you don't know what podcast you're listening to, you better get your glasses checked. <laughs> we don't know. We could be on someone's automatic playlist. Is that they a thing? Like, we'll just come up automatically? I feel I bad some, if that happens if to the, someone. Not, they might not if, like that. <laughs> um, But this is truly... Darkly. Creepy. 
Welcome. I'm Quinn Posner. And I'm Carrie Epima. And you are, are listening you? to us with your ears and your face. Thank you, you, are you for that. And stay being you, kid. We love you. We love you. We are your friend. And away. We. Go. go. <laughs> okay. Okay. That was a really solid intro. I'm I think really that's glad it. we didn't forget that. Yeah. Um, whew. <laughs> uh, Meet Barney and Betty Hill, would you? Barney and Betty, as in Barney Flintstone and Betty Flintstone? Barney and Betty Flintstone? No, I just told you if you were listening, Barney and Betty Hill. I know you said Hill, but Flintstone sounds like it could be a hill. Uh, you'll have to stay tuned to hear if they lived in oh, the I'm prehistoric so excited, era or so not. Betty know? was, in fact, a social worker, and Barney was a postman. <gasps> Classic Ooh. jobs. They lived in uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, mm. and they, they're they like a classic duo. They belong to Unitarian Church. Ooh. They are members of the NAACP. They are regarded as community leaders. They were um, an interracial couple back in the days when that wasn't so popular. Good love. for them. Good for them. Go Barney, go Betty. We love you. Then, <gasps> I know, one fateful evening... After this night, they would never be the same. Do you like what I'm doing with the narrative? I'm kind of... It's great. I'm on the edge of my seat, dear readers. Okay. But don't get on the edge because it might make interference with the mic. Well, more importantly, I'm I'm mentally on the edge of my seat, whereas physically, I'm in a very relaxed spread eagle position. position. (laughs) My straight up just spread eagle (laughs) at Quinn. And she's like, Carrie, close your legs to married men. That's a Nene Leakes quote. I want to give credit where credit is due. Thank you, Nene. On the evening of September 19th, Mm -hmm. 1961, around, this is like 1030 at night, they had been on this like fun vacay. They are driving back to Portsmouth um, from... They had been to Niagara Falls. They had been to Montreal. They had had the time of their lives. Oh, great, great area of Canada. Great so area fun. of Canada. They are uh, south of Lancaster, New Hampshire, and Betty sees, like, this bright light in the sky. <gasps> and it goes under the moon and under Jupiter, but then it goes, like, back up next to the moon. So it's moving what I guess you would call is, like, somewhat erratically. She is thinking to herself, she's like, that looks like a shooting star. And then she's like, but it's going up, not down. That's kind of weird. And then it just keeps moving kind of jumpy cuckoo, the light. Um, And it's getting brighter instead of duller. It's going jumpy cuckoo, noted. And this is, I'm sorry, 61? Yes. Thank you. Twas 61. I was like, it's um, a plane. Twas a there's summer much of a less, There's much less things to, like, explain that in 61. Yeah. So she she turns to Barney and she's like, Barney, you got to stop the car. What the hell is that thing? And Barney's like, settle down. But also, sure, I'll stop the car because we got to take Delcy for a walk. We've been in the car a long time. Delcy's their dog. <sighs> So they uh, get out to... This couple couldn't get any cuter. They're adorable. So they got to uh. give Delcy a quick bathroom break. Anyway, they pull over and Betty has some binoculars. And I don't know if she was a bird watcher. I don't know what the story is there. I do not carry binoculars. But after this story, I just may start. Um, <laughs> so Betty's like looking up in the binoculars and there's this odd shaped craft It's got like a multicolored light around it and it's going across the moon. I picture like... When you draw like a witch flying over the moon, like it's like, yeah, like an you image. see that out, like it's like almost yeah. like the negative space. Yeah, so that's what I'm picturing. She sees that, and Barney sees it too, and he's like, you know, I think that's just a plane. Um, but then it starts to descend really quickly in their direction, and he's like, you know what? That's definitely not a fucking plane. You know what? Also, Barney probably didn't curse. He was like, you know what? That's not a plane. Postal, the Postal Worker Union would not allow him to curse no, in no, everyday no, no, life. No. Barney just wasn't that kind of guy either. You can tell. They get back in the car. They drive toward a place called Franconia Notch, which sounds beautiful. Franconia Notch sounds like a hosiery brand. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it does. It does. It does. Franconia Notch. Um, 
So this is what it actually is. It's like a narrow, mountainous stretch of road. So they're driving in that uh, direction. They start to drive kind of slowly alongside where they can see the craft. I'm calling it the craft. Uh Um, Not the movie. Nothing to do with the witchcraft movie. (laughs) But thank you for bringing that up. They were following the craft of this unidentified object. Yeah. And it was like... Betty says it uh, later. She says it was like 120 feet across and that it seemed like it was like rotating. So, Uh okay. So they're like driving alongside it and then it starts to lower toward them again. And Barney's like, shit. So he pulls over again. But he didn't swear because he's not that kind of guy. No, no, he's not that kind of guy. He's unflappable, Barney. So you need to know that. So this huge fucking... Spaceship stops there. I said it. Okay, let's like admit it. It's probably a spaceship. So you I said unidentified object. We're just tiptoeing around it. Let's We're, just call let's it. Just fucking, it's a fucking UFO. Yeah, this fucking UFO <laughs> that Betty and Barney find. It's ho- hovering like I don't know, like a eighty or a hundred feet. I think they said over their car. Do you want to know what their car was? A hundred percent. A fifty-seven Chevrolet Bel Air. <laughs> So it's, picture that, if you will. It's hovering over their car. car. Are you a car, Gail? <laughs> no, but there was something about that that made the story it's like a 57 so Chevrolet Bel Air. It's a Chevrolet. Let <sighs> me explain how big this thing is. So it's like hovering over them. I thought you were going to tell me about the car. <laughs> let, me the tell you about, let me tell you about Chevys. <laughs> let me tell you <laughs> about tell you the Chevy the of Bel Air. And then I just start rapping. Uh, West Philadelphia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So this spaceship is so fucking big that if you look through the windshield, you cannot see anything else. Do you understand? It's sort of like if you're looking through the windshield, it's like the it's like a fucking movie. It's just blackness of the spaceship. They can't see anything else. It's that fucking imposing. Independence Day is like coming into mind. Definitely. For sure. Definitely. So Barney says later, God love him, that it looked like a huge pancake. Barney... I love you. He does what anybody being and we're attacked by a giant we, spaceship would this do. This is where we say we're sponsored by Bisquick Pancakes. <laughs> I hop, hopefully. Oh, yeah. Reach for the Please. stars. Reach, reach for, the stars. for the stars. Speaking of stars, UFOs, Barney is like, what are we going to do about this UFO? So he gets out his gun. <laughs> oh, my God. I love him for a lot of reasons. Wait, and he's then, unflappable, but he has a gun? Oh, he was a postman. <laughs> Didn't I mention? That you did. Wait, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets about him. out of the car with his gun and the binoculars. And he looks up at it. And can I tell you what he sees? What does he see? So there, it's a classic. It's a classic spaceship situation where there's like... <laughs> Um, an external sort of wraparound window scenario. And oh, he, 360 panorama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So he's looking up and he sees like eight to 11 figures all standing in the window. Mm-hmm. And he's looking at them and they're like wearing like these slick, glossy black uniforms and black caps. And in unison, all but one of the figures like steps away from the glass against the wall. So there's just one now. And the one in the window looks at him and without actually like speaking, seems to sort of transmit a message to him that says, stay where you are and keep looking. Um, so then these fins come out of the side of the aircraft with like red lights. And like, uh, basically at that point, I think like a walkway descends. It's very like classic ET situation. And Barney is like, oh, fuck. <gasps> he yeah. flapped. He it's was interesting though. Yeah, he, he gets flapped by this. <laughs> what I like is there is they like transmitted to him like, stay Keep where watching. you are. That feels but like weird voyeur is like be like, no, just but what watch. I think is funny about it is they like do that, but they're not good at it because he's like no and he leaves like like their mind control needs work well they're not controlling they're asking like you should stay and watch us and he's like "Mm, hard pass 
Yeah, he's like, they oh, under- I'm they- actually definitely going to beat it. And did they understand consent, or did they continue to follow? I will get to that. Okay. So, Barney's like, I think they're trying to capture us. Let's get the fuck out of here. Um, so they, the speeding ship is, like, right there above them. They get back in the car and start driving. They hear these buzzing sort of noises <gasps> emanating from the ship, and they feel vibrations coming through the car, and their bodies start to feel like tingly and their minds start to feel dulled. And they were kind of like in an what they later would say was an altered state of consciousness. Um, and then they're not really like they that's kind of like a lost amount of time to them. They don't totally get what happened, but they sort of come they hear buzzing again and sort of come to. And Barney is for some reason like uh impelled no compelled is the word right Mm -hmm. he was compelled to like pull off the road and he pulls off the road and they see like an orb and basically they don't remember the rest they get home don't worry we'll we'll retrieve those memories um they get home in the morning and they're like i love to picture like this scene getting home and like being like, what happened? They get in the shower because they're like, they we remember everything I just read. So, like, they remember things. And they're like, let's take a shower. We don't know if we're, like, contaminated. Barney later admits that he checks out his junk in the shower. Well, wouldn't you? D- uh, definitely. I, I just look at every orifice. He says everything looked fine. So <laughs> nothing was amiss. Um, but everything looked fine. Yeah. Junk was as remembered. <laughs> However, How often do you just like look at your junk anyway. Like I gotta tell you, if I looked at my junk now, I'd be like, somebody it's... put extra things in there. <laughs> when that's your son, you... it was simpler. <laughs> there were simpler times downstairs. Um, so the watches don't fun. work. Oh, uh, the toes on the shoe on like Barney's shoes are scuffed up, and also Betty's dress has like a a pretty serious rip uh, down the seam. Uh, so that's weird. They feel that. like super disjointed. They feel foggy. Um, they go look at the car and there's like these shiny concentric circles on, uh, on the top of the car and on the trunk that they were like, that hadn't been there the previous day. They, I don't know why they thought to do this, but I read that they experimented with a compass and that when they moved it close to the spots on the car, the needle would um, whirl, like, rapidly around. And then when they moved it a few inches away, it would drop down and just stop. So it was, like, almost like the car was admitting weird... Electromagnetic things. Thank you. I'm glad you came in with that. I'd have never gotten there. Yes, that. Um, so... In the days following this event, Betty starts to have these weird fucked up dreams where um, she wakes up and it's like it's just the same dream. But she is remembering the dream when she wakes up in perfect detail. So it feels a little like lost memories returning Mm -hmm. in the dream. She's walking through a forest with Barney and the like aliens are walking with them, basically. And they are like short. They're like five feet tall with grayish skin and they have blue uniforms with like military style hats. Um, And they basically look like humans. They have like black hair, dark eyes, but they kind of look like, like I said, grayish skin, bluish lips. Um, And when they get onto the ship, they are walked up the plank way they're separated on the ship and she remembers she was like really upset about them getting separated and they were like well we're going to do this exam and it's just going to be faster this way if we separate you um there was an examiner with her and there was a leader um and they both spoke english to her but different like language to each other and the examiners like did not have like as he had not mastered English at the same level. He spoke Mm -hmm. it in like a jolty kind of way that was like it was English, but it was weird to her. She had a hard time understanding him. Um, They examined her whole body, 
her ears, eyes, throat. They take hair from her, like a clipping of her hair. They take fingernails um, and they scrape a little of her skin, not like to make you bleed, but like a dull thing. They like scrape some of her skin onto some cellophane and like save her dead skin. Um, The really yucky part is um, they like put a needle in her belly button. And oh my God, I think she later said it was like a she thought it was like a pregnancy test or something, but it hurts. And as soon as she starts to experience pain, the leader that's in the room like rubs his hand over her and she stops experiencing pain. Then um, the examiner leaves the room and Betty starts to chit chat with the leader And she picks up a book and in the room there's like this book and it has rows and rows of strange symbols like in a different language. And the leader's like, oh, you can you can totally keep that. Like you can take that home. And she's like, cool. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Very odd to be having this conversation. Would love a souvenir from this experience. Thank you so much. I got abducted by aliens and all I got was this crummy book that I can't read. Except they don't even let her take it. (sighs) Yeah. They get in a big fight when she's leaving the ship like the other aliens and they're basically like you can't let her take that and he's like oh sorry some leader though right like I'd be like yes she can but he's like you guys oh, are well, right. give me back the book so he totally takes back the gift gross rude um at some point during their chit chatty very casual you're an alien I'm a human you're examining me conversation she's like so where are you from And he gets out, like, this star map, this map of, like, the galaxy and, like, points out where they're from on this star map. Oh, my gosh. Um, Are they – then they, like, are, like, it's time for you to go and give us that fucking book back. And they take it and then they're, like, part of the reason they're taking the book from you is that that we decided we're not going to have you remember this experience. So we're also going to, like, wipe you clean. Men in black style. Totally men in black her. Um – And they told her that, that they were going to do that. So then she and Barney get taken to the car and the leader's like, why don't you watch our ship leave? And then they do. And then they start to drive again. And then they were home. And that's her dream, to be clear, what I just told you. Crazy. So they get home. They have a weird fucking morning. Then the next day, she's like, you know what? I feel weird. Then the day after that, she waits like two days and she calls the... Peace Air Force Base to report the encounter. And this guy Henderson talks to them on the 26th a few days later, and he files a report. That is forwarded to Project Blue Book, which is the U.S. Air Force's UFO research project. And Betty, all the while that this is going on, checks out a book at the library on UFOs and is like, I'm into this now. This happened to me. And writes the author a letter about what happens. Um... And that letter gets passed to um, this guy in Boston that's an astronomer and an NICAP member. He meets them about a year after they have this experience. And he's like, I think that they're telling the truth. So they get interviewed by a bunch of NICAP members. NICAP is the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomenon. And they basically lost three to four hours of time that night. And they meet this guy, Ben Sweat. <clears throat> Terrible name, Ben. I'm so sorry. I prefer Barney Hill. <laughs> He's a poet that works for the Air Force, and he spoke at their church, and they're like, will you hypnotize us? What? Yeah, that's their relationship with this guy. They're like, hi, you just spoke at our church. Would you like to hypnotize us? And he's like, yeah, I would like to do that. So <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. He's a really agreeable guy, Sweat. Um, don't sweat it, he says. Um, so he takes them separately and he hypnotizes them like a few times over a period of months in 1964. What basically happens in their hypnotic regression is that their stories are like consistent with one another and their stories are very similar to what I just told you about in Betty's dream, but have a couple little pieces that contradict it. Mm. So I'll go to what Barney remembered since we didn't hear his memories. We heard hers. Basically, after they drove off, he felt compelled, as we talked about, to pull over. And 
he saw six men standing in the dirt road when he saw the orb. And the car stalled, and the three men approached the car, and they told Barney, don't fear us. And he kept explaining it. He kept saying in hypnosis that he looked into their eyes, and they had big eyes, and that their eyes seemed to push into his. The feeling was like mind control, or like they could get inside him through Mm -hmm. looking into his eyes. And he said that they were taken onto the ship, they're separated. He's escorted to a room and he lies on a rectangular exam table. And his like ability to remember the exam was not as detailed as Betty's or as like the dream. Um, and he was kind of just freaked out. So he kept his eyes closed most of the time. But he says a cup like thing was placed over his genitals and that he knows he didn't have like an orgasm or anything. But he says that they took sperm from him. Or he thinks that that's what happened. And they looked in, like, his ears and his mouth and his throat, and they did the skin thing, and they put a thin tube, you know where, up the butthole. Oh, I thought it was up the urethra. I got so worried. The butthole, okay. No, no, no. They took poop? Uh, They counted his vertebrae. I don't know if they took poop, but you have to do an... If you're an alien, you're not living up to your name if you don't do some sort of anal probe situation. (laughs) And I think they knew that, and they wanted to live up to that. They're like, listen, we got to plan we this heard exam. About what the, you guys you know, want. There's a precedent. That's what they had to do, so they did it. So they gave okay? an anal probe. Okay. They were all business, and they did the, that anal probe. By the way, I love the idea where it was like, anal probe, and they counted his vertebrae. It feels like, like they counted his vertebrae, and they gave an anal probe. <laughs> it just probe. sounds like the worst doctor's appointment ever is basically what he went to. One, two, three. <laughs> but he also says, like, they were in a mumbly language, but they also talked in English. Barney also says that it seemed like sometimes they were communicating with him. They never were moving their mouth. So everything that they were doing was sort of some sort of thought transference communication. He did not know the word telepathy, but somebody told him the word telepathy during one of his, I think, hypnoses. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that thing. That's what they were doing. Betty got kind of like emotional when Mm. she was hypnotized. Um And she would, like, cry a lot and get distressed. But one thing that was pretty cool is she ends up drawing the map as best she can remember it, the star map that she had been shown. And it's like, this is where they said they live. So that's pretty cool. And you can look at that online, and uh, we'll post it on our Instagram. So it didn't seem like they were seeking publicity as, Mm -hmm. like, a couple that didn't really seem like them. But it seemed like the hypnosis was good for them because it helped them. They were both feeling really anxious after this happened, and it was helping them with their anxiety. One thing that's a little suspect to me is I did read that Betty later in life saw a number of UFOs later on and became kind of a celebrity in the UFO community. Barney died of a cerebral hemorrhage in, in 69 at age 46. Oh, only eight years later. Yeah. Oh. That's so Betty sad. died of cancer in 2004, 85, but she never remarried. So I don't know how I did this, but I did get confused about names. And it seems like our friend Sweat was the guy that they were like, hypnotize us. And he was like, I can't hypnotize you. That's not my thing. But this guy can. The guy hypnotizing this is them. Simon. Yes. I'm so sorry. Um, you got so caught up in his I name being sweat. I got so caught sweat. up in his name being sweat. I wanted him to be a bigger part of this story. Well, don't sweat it, as Thanks. he would say. Um, and I'm sorry, his name was actually Captain Sweat. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you? So he actually so referred them to this guy, okay. Benjamin Simon. And Benjamin Simon is who hypnotized them. Okay. So basically... I'm honestly less interested about who hypnotized them. I'm more interested in the results of the hypnotism. I get it. The reason I wanted to tell you about Simon is that I wanted to tell you that he, like, his response to all this, which was that he, like, wrote an article for the Psychiatric Opinion, and he concluded that all of this was um, a psychological aberration, and he speculated that basically Barney's remembering of uh, the UFO was like a fantasy and it was inspired by listening to like Betty talk about her dream. So he wasn't recovering like lost memory. He was hearing like Betty talk about her dream and then he's like, yeah, that's my memory too. But he was just implanting his own memory. Gotcha. Then as far as like the star map that Betty drew mm-hmm. in 1968, this woman, Marjorie Fish, 
was an elementary school teacher and an amateur astronomer. And she was like, that's so cool, this star map idea. So she started studying it and looking at it and tried to decipher it. And she studied it from thousands of different vantage points of where it could be for years. And this one that seemed to match was this double star system called Zeta Reticuli. So if you ever hear people talk about this abduction, sometimes it's called like the Zeta Reticuli abduction. That feels like so far. That feels like such speculation to call it, right? Such speculation. Because like that is it, like but everyone had to speculate on this because it was these two seemingly normal Barney people. Barney and Betty, like say it's the Betty and Barney abduction. Like why give it? I mean, come oh, on. Oh, don't do that. Psychiatrists. At the time, I think this is so crazy. They decided that it, a lot of them were like, oh, it's a hallucination brought on by the stresses of being an interracial couple. And one oh, of the things no. that they cited is they were like, don't you get it? The skin of the aliens was gray. And what do you get if you mix white and black? Ugh, and I'm, I'm so like, annoyed I think you're way that being crazy. That feels like dangerous Freud shit. And then a lot of people were like, look like they obviously made it up and there's different things that are cited like that there was an episode of the outer limits Mm. that featured like an alien that had a really specific looking face and wraparound eyes and then barney like drew a picture of what he remembered the aliens looking like and it looked like that episode and the episode had aired a matter of weeks before he drew that Mm -hmm. so people were like grabbing things like that and being like see it just doesn't feel to me though i'm not saying they didn't do that unconsciously Mm -hmm. or subconsciously but Barney in particular reading just about him it doesn't strike me as a person that would have wanted that attention and doesn't strike me as a person that would have made up that story deliberately by any means then I'm just going to read you uh, this quote which is from the skeptical inquirer columnist Robert Schaefer I love skeptics. We love skeptics. So I have to read it to you. He says, I was present at the National UFO Conference in New York City in 1980, at which Betty presented some of the UFO photos she had taken. Because remember, she gets pretty into the whole thing. Mm -hmm. She showed what must have been well over 200 slides, mostly of blips, blurs, and blobs against a dark background. These were supposed to be UFOs coming in close, chasing her car, landing, etc., After her talk had exceeded about twice its allotted time, Betty was literally jeered off the stage by what had been, at first, a very sympathetic audience. This incident, witnessed by many of the ufology's leaders and top activists, removed any lingering doubts about Betty's credibility. She had none. In 1995, Betty Hill wrote a self-published book, A Common Sense Approach to UFOs. It is filled with obviously delusional stories such as seeing entire squadrons of UFOs in flight and a truck levitating above the freeway. Oh, so I, I'm really sorry to end on that, but that is a thing Betty we've got to contend Boo. with. You know, I mean, it's like two things. There was like they blacked out. Like, you know, I'm always into like an explanation for something. And I'm going to say I'm always into blacking out. <laughs> love a good blackout. But I think as much as the next guy, as much as the next guy. But this, oh, I feel bad. Like she, uh, she just really went in too deep. I also think it's like when we like, hear ghost stories. When it's like, it's like one of the things that makes them credible is if they just have one one ghost story. Like we've talked about we've talked it. About you this, can't have more than one, Betty. Exactly. So that's the thing. Is like if you're gonna have an alien story, a paranormal, you get one. Two. You get try one. to be fair to Betty. I. I thought about that, too, and I was like, maybe this thing really happened to her. And if that was the case, wouldn't you be like, well, this must be a thing that's all around us all the time that we're just not noticing? Yeah. Um, It can't be because it would almost feel too scary and too random that it was just this crazy one night that this thing happened to you. You would have to make sense of it. And in order to make sense of it, you'd have to be like, it's happening all the time. We just don't see it. Yeah, or, like, this, like, oh, like, the compass around, like, the concentric circles in the car. Maybe they became, like, a lamppost or, like, some sort of antenna. Totally. Because of their interaction with other. I mean, who knows? I mean, she lost her husband. That's the other thing. Like, this this one person that experienced that with her that she loved, and they were gone, and then she was just 
sort of a kook to everybody else and oh, I feel very so much alone. bad for Betty. Me too. Let's pour one out for Betty. Moment of silence for Betty. I'm going to drink one for Betty. I'm not going to pour one out. No, we poured into my mouth. Silence for Betty. There we did it. Moment of, <laughs> a moment of um, what is it called? A moment of room tone for Betty. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, thank you for sharing that story with me. Oh, you're welcome. It'd have been so that. weird if I sat here and kept it to myself. It would be really weird, but I wouldn't put it past you. Well, um, is it my turn to share a story? Look around the room. You no see one anyone else is else? here. I guess it's <laughs> my turn. So this is a little short but sweetie, sweetie cutie pie story. And I stumbled upon it when a trailer came out for um, this documentary. And the documentary that just came out this year is called Wrinkles the Clown. It sounds already too scary. Have you heard of Wrinkles the Clown? I have not. Can I show you a picture of Wrinkles the Clown? Oh, man. Is it going to give me nightmares? It might. (sighs) I won't show you the video. I'll tell you, I don't like either of those two things already. Just right off the bat. Not a fan of Wrinkles. All right. You ready? Not into clowns. You ready? Oh, my God. So it's basically an old, old man clown with a very wrinkly forehead a jibber jabber, loose skin face, it's and just two like black loose, holes. And it's black for holes. Eyes. You can't see. And he's usually dressed in like full red and white polka dot onesie. Um, so spooky, right? So there was this crazy viral video. So, sort of the genesis of this was there was this really crazy viral video. I won't show it to you, but I can describe it. Or I, Oh, I kind of want to see it. Okay, well, you let me know. I'll describe it first. Okay, okay. Or should I not describe it first? I don't know. Now I'm just... How long is the video? Let me see. I'm like, here's the thing. I love a description of a video, but more it's than that... a minute 19. I think I should watch it. Okay. All right. It's queued up. So... Is this a real video? What this is, is this? This is a video. This is... So this is how Wrinkles the Clown kind of like entered into what we know. As reality today. Mm-hmm. What is this? A fake video. It's a kid sleeping. It's a baby monitor of a man sleeping, a person sleeping. It's a kid sleeping. It's a little kid. Asleep in their stroller. Oh, so scary. It's a trundle bed and it was shut a minute ago and now it's opening and a creepy, creepy hand is coming out and it's slowly opening and someone big is inside the trundle bed in polka dot pajamas it's the clown and he's looking up at the kid like a creeper black gloves polka dot outfit sitting up the little kid is now sitting up and looking around like she hears something but oh lay back down maybe i didn't hear anything it's so and now the clown's sitting up and it's like jerky movement too he's opening the bed all the way tv it's not like and he's sitting like a fucking creeper just standing up in the trundle bed. Well, it's a trundle drawer. still asleep. Trundle drawer. Turning toward the sleeping child and putting a creepy little stuffed animal of some sort next to them. And then going for the camera and turning it off. It's totally creepy. It's so creepy. It's totally fakesies. So it feels really fake, right? It's super fake. It's super fake. Homemade horror movie. Fake. So... But very well done in the creepiness of it. Very creepy. So basically, to sum up what Quinn had said, it's this video of a little girl sleeping in a bed and a drawer um, opening. And it's like that black and white grainy footage. And this wrinkles the clown appears. It's It's, so spooky. And the the mask is super creepy. And so... Basically, what happened is this video went viral, and then all around South Florida, like Sarasota to Naples, Wrinkles the Clown would post stickers of his face with his phone number, and people would start to call and sure. ask for Wrinkles. And so Wrinkles would come, and like he could appear at a birthday party. And so there's all these sightings of Wrinkles. Wait, so people would call and be like, yeah, I want to hire that scary clown to come to my kid's birthday so it gets i mean i am not a good parent but i would not hire wrinkles for my kid's birthday right also i'm a great parent but here's a quote from one of the parents 
basically, so there were stickers. Also, so so people would call wrinkles, and parents would call wrinkles, asking him to come over mm-hmm. and scare their misbehaving children. <gasps> Terrible! Oh my god! Can I interrupt with a Please. very sidetrack, sidey track? Do it. Um, I was just reading, and I cannot remember how I ended up on this article. I was just reading a story about a whole family that, like, is behind bars for kidnapping their own kid to scare their kid because they said their kid was too nice and they wanted them <gasps> their little boy to become less trusting. And so they did this thing where they, like, kidnapped him and threw a bag on his head and took him to the basement and they made him, like, take off his pants and then they were like, we're going to molest you. And then they don't, but they're what like... and then they wrong? like. It was his aunt, and then she took the bag off his head and was like, see, that's why you can't trust strangers. And he definitely went to Child Protective Services and got taken away. But it was like this thing of them being like, we as parents are going to do right by our child and scar them for life. I mean, as a parent, you're already going to scar your kid for life. That's you it. don't have to That's, try that. You don't hard. have to try. Trust me, I'm not to trying it. at all, and I feel like it's you're going easy. to do it. But like when you intentionally do it, that's some fucked up shit. So anyway, so these parents would call. So he would get weird requests. Wrinkles the clown. He would get a request from like parents who had misbehaving children, and so he talked about. He was interviewed for this documentary called Wrinkles the Clown, and he was he said that this kid was afraid of clowns, mm-hmm. and so he showed up across the street from him at a bus stop. Um, and the kid just started crying in front of his friends and ran home. Um, his mother called back a few days later and said thank you to Wrinkles the Clown for showing up. Because what? now whenever her son acts bad, she just asks him, do you want Wrinkles to come back? Hmm. Like really fucked up shit. And there's also... So Wrinkles is in a community of shitty parents. And that's the community. It's shitty, shitty parents with a shitty it, clown. I don't want to say I'm going to reiterate it. So this is all taking place in Florida. Okay. Moving on. N- so- <laughs> enough said. You know what? Enough said. And also, we love you, Florida. We love you, Florida. I love Florida. Palm trees. What's not to like? Ugh, Disney cool. World. Ugh. Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Sure. Crocodiles. Don't mind if I do. <laughs> Move aside. Alligators. I only want a crocodile. That's correct. <laughs> Get out of here. Can't Get cannot here. tell the difference if so I'm honest. The fact. So parents would call. So. Basically, he's received, like, thousands and thousands of voicemails. Teenagers, it was like a rite of passage where they'd call wrinkles. So I actually have his number. Oh. And we can call it on speakerphone. I am so uncomfortable. My face just got hot. Like, I I don't know if you can tell, but my face is hot. (laughs) Like, you said that, and I'm on fire. I'm so uncomfortable. Like, we have to, obviously, but I also... I'm, like, afraid to. I don't want to, like, let them know my number. I feel also, like, I don't think I've had this feeling since I was, like, 12 and, like, prank called. Because there's videos of all these young kids calling them together and then, like, ordering wrinkles to come or, like, pranking their friends. And it's just, like, (sighs) like, there's videos of kids getting scared the shit out of because wrinkles will just, like, show up. Once you call wrinkles, you welcome him into your life. (gasps) Oh, we cannot call him. (laughs) So maybe we'll call him at the end because there's more to the story. So basically... It's weird because he gets, obviously, when you're, like, this type of person and you're, like, attracting so much attention and you have this voice out. So he's getting, like, questions like people want to have sex with Wrinkles the Clown. Like, there's always going to be a sex thing. Let's just call that what it is. There's always going to be a sex thing. They've been asking him to um, help them dump a body or something. So, like, he gets really. I wonder what his culpability is when he gets a call like that. Does well, he phone I, it's it in? all anonymous, right? And he, like, he's receiving thousands of them, so he can't. So Don't forget if you call him to block your number. He goes, well, duh. Um, so basically, um, he always declines the lured behavior, um, but he only accepts cash and entertains serious inquiries only. So he still checks the voicemail based on what I read. Um, so in the documentary, you follow uh, the 65-year-old man who is Wrinkles. The clown. Oh, interesting. I would totally watch that if I get to see him out of costume being now, normal. There is a twist, and I don't know if I should reveal the twist of this documentary. Well, let me Can just... we just say, like, 
if you don't want to hear the twist end to this documentary, I'll tell you when, I'll tell you when to stop. You're going to get a warning, and I'll it's not you yet. Stop. You can keep listening. Can Carrie's keep listening. not going to do that to you. She would never do I that to you. Do don't you, you know her by now? I won't do you dirty. Don't accuse her of that. I'll tell you when you to skip. You guys have been through a lot. I'll tell you when to skip. So anyway, so in the documentary, you follow this dude. He's a 65-year-old retired veteran who moved from Rhode Island to Florida. Got it. And he's homeless. And he lives in an RV, um, which they that felt conflicting because an RV is a home. I don't know what. Anyway, I agree. Um, but basically, he drinks, fishes, visits strip clubs, and he claims to do it just for the money. Uh-huh. And so he's like kind of this gross guy. He uses the money sometimes to like stay at a motel instead of his RV. Instead of his RV, he drinks. He's just like he. What compels you to call him? homeless if he has an rv i don't know conflicting reports you like read that online and then saw but you saw the documentary no No, i haven't okay i haven't it's new i haven't seen it but i basically did what i do is i read the spoilers oh i like your style you know i just did it i'm sorry but you should watch the documentary if you can but i now know the spoiled ending um so anyway so what makes and it's like sort of this like conversation about like what makes clowns so creepy right and it's right. like obviously there's like pennywise it you know there's the joker mm-hmm. but i think um, john wayne gacy you know the serial killer who would dress up like clown mm-hmm. like a clown but like what it, it kept sort of referring to was this like proximity to children mm-hmm. and to like take something that's supposed to be joyful and like be so sinister with it is just like double scary. It's so double scary because it's like taking a convention and being like, fuck you, convention. Mm-hmm. I'm going to subvert it so aggressively and so dangerously. Mm-hmm. And this guy's masks is like wrinkle, saggy, gross. It's so spooky. Obscuring your face and having like. Yeah, and not knowing, like, even with makeup on, like, even if you saw a clown with makeup on, you would not be able to, like, pick them up in a lineup you know what i mean like yep. there's so Definitely. much disguise and a disguise that we as a society society i think embrace yeah we said it was okay we said it there's was okay there's just not that many ways you can do that otherwise so creepy so this guy he basically was like i tried being a clown and you know what i wasn't getting enough money so i'm trying it this way and like put all of this material out and so now he scares the shit out so of people. So he's the one that made the is he the one that made the video then? Obviously. I think so. I would love I would to know where like well I can tell you kid that is. Well I can tell you this is where I would love anyone who doesn't want spoilers to go let's say thirty well I'll thirty seconds. Well, you're doing a countdown. Just sign off and be. Oh, oh, how long they can come back? Yeah, maybe thirty seconds. I think give them, give yourself a minute. Don't be take like a minute. Take a minute. Take a minute. So, throughout this documentary, you're interviewing this guy, this like sixty-five-year-old veteran. Mm-hmm. When lo and behold, you find out that that man is a man named D.B. Lambert, who is an actor hired by the Real Wrinkles. <gasps> who is completely anonymous and is a performance artist based in Florida. And both characters, the fake wrinkles and the actual clown, were created as an elaborate art project. Oh, it's very Blair Witch. Very much so. And um, he reveals he's never been to anyone's house, the guy that created, but he hires actors to play wrinkles all over Florida. So anytime you've seen him, uh, Wrinkles, it's been someone, it's been an actor that he's hired to play. Oh my God, it's Sardulu. Okay. It's so creepy, right? Yeah. But like so brilliant. Mm-hmm. So anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I was like, that zit is growing. I like touched a zit <laughs> on my face by accident and it was like I reached up to my face and touched like a pomegranate seed is the size of it. And oh, I hate that feeling. I'm is so it under sorry, the skin? everyone. I you tell me. You're the one looking at my face. I can't really I can't, see it. It feels like it's going to be a situation soon. So this is where I was wondering, should we call the number? Yeah. Now I'm not scared. I'm like still a little no, scared. But it's I'm like still going to block. I'm, I think you should call the number and you should ask if they need anyone to, if they Are want to. Are you a hiring? Ring. No, just be like, do you want, like, yeah, do you want any wrinkles, star six appearances? Nine? It's star six nine, right? No. Doesn't star six nine call back the person that you 
Star six seven. Yeah, that sounds more right. I'm looking. Readers, do you know? Readers, do you know what it is? Is it Ugh, star six it nine? Sucks. I can't talk back to us. I know. Call in. We don't have a number. I'm not giving you my <laughs> number. In, I don't know you guys. Come on. <laughs> Star, star six, six seven. nine. By six, the way, tell my mom about oh, it was star. It's star six seven. Okay, great. You were right. Okay, star six seven. One four what are you oh gonna seven. Say? You better know what you're gonna say. You're gonna get a voicemail, baby. I think. Oh. I'm like this makes me so nervous. All right, are you ready? Yeah. <gasps> oh my god, I'm so nervous. I feel like I'm in junior high again. Oh my god, I just peed a little. I'm holding my breath. No, you've reached Michael the Clown. I'm not here to take your call. Leave me a message. Didn't leave, leave a message. No, we did nothing to say. No, listen, we can't. We can't. Listen, we got oh nothing God. to say. I love that. <sighs> With the laugh. My heart. That got my heart. Be- I mean, I now know it's not the real real, but I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. I care. I'm lying. But that is the story I of Wrinkles the Clown. I'm so into this story. I love this story. <laughs> well, especially because of the show that we just did that you wrote. Yes. No spoilers. It has Scary Clown in it, the Carrie play. And I wanted to tell you this story, but I was saving it for the podcast. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for saving it. <laughs> and even though it's you gave me... It's a little, like, me, short, like, mm, a moose-bouche. Even though you gave me the spoiler... Which I won't double spoil in case somebody tuned back in. I don't know who's tuning in or out at this point. (laughs) God bless you if you're there. But I will still watch the documentary. It sounds so awesome. Yeah. I know. I got it. It's on my list. But I have, as we know, dear readers, I have a very long list. The list keeps going. I get scared. And I... I got scared. I get scared. I got to watch a scary movie with someone. And I know this is a documentary. Now I know the twist, but I think I still will be scared. Mm. I still be spooky. Should we go get some more wine? Let's get some more wine. Let's. We deserve it. You know what? We des- you know what? All the crazy clowns and aliens <laughs> taking over this here world. Let's go have some wine. Let's go have some vino. Thank you so much for tuning in, dear readers. You guys. If we haven't said it already, we'll say it again. We love you. We don't we love know you. you. We don't know you. But we love you. And that might seem like a lie, but it's not. But it's really not. It's a really real reality it's that real, is real. really happening to you. And we would love for you to like, write us. Write subscribe. us emails. Write us about creepy things Follow. that you want to talk about. Yeah. You're not going to get to talk about them on this podcast, but maybe we'll talk about them. Hell yeah. We love a suggestion. Oh, yes. Hate doing the research alone. <laughs> Do some of it for us. I have like a list now, a backlog list. I do have a backlog list as well. That is like coming up. And I usually change. Last base, minute. Last minute. Always, always, always. Always. Change our minds, you know? Yeah, I do that. We're it's very fickle women, as women are want to be. <laughs> well, you know who wasn't fickle? Damn Betty Hill. Betty. She knew what she saw. She knew what she saw. Any questions? None. <laughs> every time you say that. It's you it's think David Pumpkins. David S. Pumpkins every time. Any questions? He'll be on the show next week. He tune will in. be on the show. Tune in, dear readers. We got a big get next week. Thank so, you so in. much for listening to Truly Darkly Creepy. Creepy.